Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Keith Belk. He is Department Head of Animal Sciences at Colorado State University. Great to have you here, Keith. Thank you. Enjoy being here. The U.S. poultry industry has really been focused on salmonella over the last couple of years, ever since the new uh, performance standards came out from USDA. They had sort of put Campylobacter on hold, but we do have new guidelines coming out this summer, as I understand it. So the industry is really nervous about meeting this performance standard for Campylobacter. Now, it's another bacterium, just like salmonella. It's another foodborne pathogen, but they're really two different bacteria, aren't they? There's, there's salmonella everywhere. I mean, there's salmonella in all foods, and um, salmonella is always a food safety threat. Um, but Campylobacter is sort of a, a different beast. It's, it's more anaerobic than those organisms, so it's, um, it's, it's more susceptible to being in oxygen. And it's also an organism that if you want to grow it, so that you know you can study it um, it's oftentimes very difficult to grow and i know what they've learned with salmonella is they pretty much said look processing can't do it all we need to have better control efforts on the farm to reduce the amount of salmonella that's coming off the farm and into processing is the same hold true for campylobacter you can never eliminate it from a production system particularly a, a live production system but your goal is to reduce it to levels that allow the plants to address it so that um, you don't end up with you know overwhelming the food safety systems that exist in the plant but it's a, it's a very difficult thing to do because whenever you change something in the live animal production system you're you're literally changing the ecology of the organisms that travel with the product then and and so um, there's still an awful lot that we have to learn about how that ecology works. And looking at Campylobacter on the farm, I mean, with Salmonella, at least we have some very good vaccines that have been used in the broiler breeders and now are used extensively in the broilers too. But uh, last I checked, there, there are no vaccines for Campylobacter. So what are things they can do on the farm to try to minimize that load? Very little effort and resources have been put, you know, brought to the table to, to address this organism. And so I think it's something that will require additional study with time, particularly if we want to control it. So is it safe to say then until we figure out how to control it on the farm, most of the focus will be on controlling Campylobacter in processing? I think the onus becomes the, the plant's problem. And I think we need, we need processing systems implemented in the plants that not only address the salmonella issue, uh, particularly on parts, but uh, also the Campylobacter issue. And when you look at processing, is there a certain phase of processing where Campylobacter tends to rear its ugly head? Or put another way, is there a better time to try to control Campylobacter in processing? In our studies thus far, and, and this may not be the true um, the, the facts as we move forward in time. But, but right now, we've had the most success in poultry systems 
um, addressing it at the parts level where the testing is going to be occurring for these performance standards. Um, that's where, for whatever reasons, you, you tend to see higher prevalence. Um, when you test whole birds after rinsing and chilling, um, you, don't, you don't really find these pathogens. It's, and probably we don't have a really good understanding of why that's the case. But, you know, you move the, the birds downstream and you turn them into parts, and then all of a sudden these pathogens show up. And um, therefore, you know, at least so far, the best place to try and address them is at that point. Let's talk about your research, because I know that you recently did a study targeting Campylobacter in the processing plants. Um, how was it set up? Well, we, we've, we've, we've done a number of studies to, to try and help production plants that produce poultry to address this issue. Um, that has included everything from developing new ki kinds of equipment that allow you to treat the parts to kill the bacteria, to finding the right chemistry to use to kill the bacteria. And, th and that's really hard to do because um, companies have tended to think that um, if you use one series of intervention systems with one type of chemistry, that you end up killing all the pathogens that are there. And we've already talked about how pathogens differ significantly from each other. And so you have to believe that when you treat to kill one pathogen, you don't always get the other one. And I think that's what happens here with Salmonella and, and Campylobacter and, and maybe even other pathogens as well. And so the study we've just completed was, we, we actually, this was done in the laboratory. Uh, we tried to simulate a couple different application methods. And so we simulated immersing parts. In this case, we used wings um, versus uh, the second treatment was, you know, doing a study where we sprayed the compound on much as you would in uh, most real world plants. Um, and we set it up to compare five different treatment levels. Uh, we had a negative control. We, we always, when we do microbiology studies like this, we include a treatment where you just spray water because if you're going to try and test the impact of a chemistry in a system, you want to know that the chemistry is more effective than just spraying water. And so we always include a water treatment. And that's the control? Well, we have a negative control. So birds we don't do, or parts we don't do anything on. Then we have a treatment where we spray water or immerse the, in this case, immerse the products in water. And then we had three different chemi chemical treatments. We had a sulfuric acid um, that's a buffered sulfuric acid that is a, a it's a proprietary compound that has worked um, it's it's very low pH. You can you can get the pH down as low as 1.0, and so it's a it's highly acidic. And then we also tested a peroxyacetic acid compound, and then we tested a combination of those two. So we acidify a peroxyacetic acid because peroxyacetic acid, even though it's called an acid, it actually kills bacteria with a different right. mechanism, and so in the combination chemistry, what we're trying to do is add together with one chemical compound, you know, more than one mechanism for killing bacteria. In the case of peroxyacetic acid, it kills by oxidizing the bacteria. Um, the really low pH sulfuric, buffered sulfuric acid compound kills it because it's highly acidic. 
And so you have then two mechanisms that you're using to kill the organism. And we wanted to see if when you combine those technologies into the same compound, the same spray, if you will, um, if you sort of get an additive effect. And did you? And it turns out that you do. Um, all three of those treatments were extremely effective against Campylobacter, which is in a laboratory more difficult to grow, as I've mentioned. Um, the immersion treatment was much more effective than spraying the compounds on, as you might expect. All of them worked much better than just using water, so that was good news. Uh, the most effective treatment um, was the proxyacetic acid or the proxyacetic acid combined with uh, the acidification method using the, the sulfuric acid that's buffered. Um, and then we, we added another layer to this study. Um, we wanted to know what happens immediately after the application of the compounds, you know, what the, pat, the plant could expect right after they apply the compound to the parts. And then we also measured it again 24 hours later on the same parts to see if there was any um, additional impact that occurred as a consequence of the treatment. Sometimes you can injure bacteria but not kill them. And so over a period of time they recover and they grow back. And so what we're interested in is death versus injury immediately after the treatment versus what that looks like 24 hours later after they've, they've had a chance to recover and to begin to grow again. And this study, it turned out that the combination treatment by far was the most effective after 24 hours of treatment. Um, significant reductions, both when the, the parts were immersed or when the compound was sprayed onto them. Um, it, as much as two logarithm reductions, starting from an initial inoculum level of three to four um, logarithms of bacteria, so a really substantial reduction. So let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, is it just a matter of having two products instead of one and that's why you're getting the better control or is there something in the relationship between the two products that helps them perform better? It's using the two mechanisms that they bring to the table to kill bacteria. So when you mix, you blend them, they have a synergistic effect because one of them is, is killing the bacteria apparently by being really acidic, you know, very, very low pH, while the other one is literally oxidizing the cellular membranes so that they, they can't metabolize. And so when you put those two things together, apparently with the Campylobacter, you sort of get this additive effect because you're, you're basically doubling the number of mechanisms that you're using to kill the bacteria. And, and it shows up particularly after longer periods of storage, um, you know, after 24 hours following application. So it's actually pretty exciting. <laughs>
use it if we were um, to just use the compound alone. Um, we only went to a pH of 1.2. And, and so um, combining those two components um, was more economically for plants. I think this is a really good option for plants to consider, particularly as new equipment's being developed to go along with these compounds for application purposes. Okay, so you'd recommend using them together and then at what particular stage of processing would be the best time to either with the dip or the spray to uh, use this combination? What we're simulating here is as parts, so on the parts line or at the end of the parts line where many plants are implementing these types of interventions. Um, ideally, if it, they could be immersed in the compound, that would be the very best effect that you could expect. Uh, but even spraying the compound had long-lasting effects clear out to 24 hours. And yes, I agree, uh, the very best mixture was um, the peroxycetic acid mixed with the sulfuric acid compound, so. And one final question, based on your knowledge of Campylobacter, what else can they do in the processing plant besides these two uh, antibacterials? What other things can they be doing to try to reduce the impact of Campylobacter? Uh, you know, I think a lot of the just good manufacturing practice requirements that most plants have in place, um, you know, keep them clean while you're processing them, um, keep feathers off of them, uh, keep workers, they're handling them clean, keep equipment sanitary and clean, um, get them chilled quickly. Um, I, you know, we're still advocating the use of an antimicrobial in the chilling. Um, it's still a good practice. And, uh, and then as they, in, in the deboning rooms, as they turn the, the carcasses into parts, um, systems to help prevent the accumulation of bacteria and contaminants are really, really important. So, you know, operational sanitation in plants is still very key to preventing, you know, widespread high prevalence of any organism. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.